0: Welcome to another podcast of Risen, Making Disciples, and we're glad you chose to listen to us today. We are talking about making disciples and what a true disciple is about. And today I want to take us to a very important passage of Scripture that I believe gives us the clearest picture of what it is to be a follower of Christ. It's a passage that Paul wrote to us in his second letter to the Corinthians. And it's in chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. And these verses are going to explain to us that God is on a mission to reconcile the world to himself. And he uses us as his believers, as his followers, to accomplish that mission. And so as we look at that, that first verse, 17, is one that a lot of people know. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. And so that just answers that question, what are we in Christ? We're a brand new creation in Christ. But you have to wonder, how does that happen? Well, Paul answers that in verse 21 when he says he, talking about God, made him, which is talking about Jesus Christ, to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so it's telling us that Jesus, who didn't know sin at all, and I mean, he was born of a virgin, which meant he wasn't born with the sinful nature that you and I have. We have an earthly father, and we inherit that sinful nature from him. The Bible makes it very clear that Jesus was begot in the Virgin Mary by the moving of the Holy Spirit that was upon her. And she was born of a virgin. Some people say you don't have to believe in the virgin birth to allow Jesus to be your savior. But if you compromise the virgin birth, then you compromise his sinlessness. And if he has known sin, then he can't be our sacrifice for our sin. Jesus was born without sin, and he lived his 33 years on this life as the son, the God, the son. He lived his Perfect life. He didn't say anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. He never even had a wrong thought. Everything about him was for the glory and for the pleasure of his heavenly Father who he wanted to serve. And so God made him who didn't know sin. He laid upon him, as Isaiah says, the sin of us all. And when he was on the cross, my sin was placed on him. Everybody's sin in the world was placed upon him. And it was at that point when God turned his back upon that sin because our holy God cannot look upon sin. And that was when I believe Jesus quoted Psalm 22 and saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you believe it? for that moment in time, that was the first time that there'd ever been a separation between God the Father and God the Son. And that's because God cannot look upon our sin. And God allowed that to happen to his own son so that you and I, who only knew sin, we don't have any righteousness. The, the very best that we have is called filthy rags, according to the prophet Isaiah. And God allowed his son to become our sin so that we who are sinners could become the righteousness of God, and that's only through Jesus Christ. So that's how that takes place, how we become that new creation. But then you would think, Why would God let that happen? Why would God allow his sinless son to die for us so that we who are sinned could have his righteousness? And that's what Paul answers in verses 18 through 20. And that's what it talks about in verse 20. Paul says that uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. And that word ambassadors is a word that's not used very much in our common knowledge today today. We know what an ambassador is, an ambassador is someone who lives in a foreign country and he speaks on behalf of the king or the president and he says the words that the president has told him to say. And he's pointing to all the people to what the desire of the president or the king is. And so we're that ambassador. We're living in a place differently than where God is. God is in heaven dwelling there. But we live on this earth, and we're an ambassador pointing people to Jesus Christ. And Paul said, we are certain that God is appealing through us. So we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That word reconciled keeps coming back up in this passage of Scripture. And so we're pointing people to the cross to be reconciled to God. And Paul talks about how we can accomplish that in our lives as we join God on his mission. In verse 18, he says, everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. In our lives, he's placed us in the families that we are, the the things that we do and the places we go so that we are, are around people that we can point to the cross and plead to people to be reconciled to God. And then verse 19 tells us that that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he's committed the message of reconciliation. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that our sins can be forgiven, and we can be restored into a right relationship with God. That's the message we have. Now, in one of our little videos we did that's on Risen Facebook, it shows the Three Circles gospel presentation. You can use that. You can use the Roman road. Just as long as you talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, you're getting the gospel out there, and you're pointing people to... Christ and if you do that then you depend upon Christ to bring about the results of your faithfulness in sharing that good news so you're an ambassador and you're begging with people to be reconciled and so you have this ministry of reconciliation and this message of reconciliation to share now I want to tell a little story from the Bible and that's in John chapter 4 And it's a beautiful illustration of a person who became an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And it's a story when Jesus was leaving Jerusalem and he wanted to go back to where he grew up in Galilee. And most Jews would, bypass and miss the area of Samaria because there just was a hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. But on this one occasion, Jesus knew that he needed to go through Samaria. And so he and his disciples were traveling and they had been traveling for the day and they got tired and it was about noon. And so Jesus sat at the well, but he sent his disciples into the city to buy food. And at the time that he was sitting at the well, this woman about noon came up to him and uh, had her water pot and was going to get some water. And Jesus looked at her and said, Please, would you give me a drink of water? And the woman was surprised. She was stunned. She said, How is it that you, being a Jew, would ask of me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? And Jesus said to her, Well, if you knew who it was that was asking you for this drink, then you would have asked of him, and I would have given you living water to drink. And the woman almost sarcastically looked at Jesus and said, Sir, you don't have anything to draw water with, and this well is deep. Where are you going to get that water? And Jesus said to her, well, you know, anybody who drinks of the water from this well, they're going to thirst again. But anybody who drinks of the water that I give him, this water is going to become in him a spring of water leading unto everlasting life. Well, that caught her attention. She said, sir, give me that water so that I won't thirst and I won't have to come here to this well to draw water anymore. So Jesus said, "Okay, Uh, we'll go call your husband and come. And she said, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, You know, you're right. You don't have a husband. As a matter of fact, you've had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. And that you've spoken truly, Jesus said. And then the woman said, Oh, I perceive that you may be a prophet. And you know, you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place for one out to worship, but we say this is the mountain here in Samaria where one ought to worship. And Jesus said, The day is coming when you won't have to go to Jerusalem or you won't go to this mountain to worship. But you'll be able to worship God wherever you want because you're going to learn that God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. As a matter of fact, that day has now come. And the lady said, well, I know that when Messiah comes, he's going to explain all these things to us. And Jesus said, yes, and I'm speaking to you and I'm he. It was just about that time that the disciples came back from town. And they saw that Jesus was talking with the Samaritan woman, but none of them asked, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? And the woman was so excited that the scripture tells us that she left her water pot there at the well and she ran back into the city and she told all the people, she said, come see a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? And while the woman was away, the disciples were begging and pleading with Jesus, said, hey, please eat something. And Jesus said, oh... I have food to eat of which you do not know. And so they looked at each other and said, is anybody giving him anything to eat? And Jesus said, Look, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete the work that he has done. Don't you all say that in four months comes a harvest? You know, you know that the one who uh, harvests the crop gets paid for what he's done. But I tell you that both he who sows the seed and those who harvest the crop for eternal life and eternal reward. They both will share in that. And he said, I've sent you out to join the work of things that you've not done that you're going to be able to receive the reward. And about that time, the woman came back with people from the town there in Samaria, and they were all wanting to meet Jesus. And they they said, we're here because this woman said, you've told her everything she had ever done. And we just want to see. And they begged Jesus and the disciples to stay with them. And Jesus and his disciples stayed there in Samaria for two days. And at the end of the two days, those men said, You know what? We came to you because this woman told us you had told her everything she had ever done, and we believe. But now we have seen for ourselves, and we have heard from you, and we know that you are the Christ, the Savior of the world. So that's the story from John chapter 4. But just think about this question with me. Who was the ambassador in that passage. Who was it that Jesus sent into the city? Of course the first one was the disciples. He sent the disciples and he sent them on a mission to go and get food. And the disciples went into the city, they accomplished that and they brought the food back. But there was another person that Jesus didn't even have to command to go into the city but left the presence of Jesus to go to the city and that was the woman that came to him at the well. And she got so excited about meeting Jesus and and the possibility that this may have been the long-awaited Messiah, that the Jewish nation and even the Samaritans had waited for Messiah to come for thousands of years. And now she felt this may be the one. She got so excited, she left the water pot there at the well. That water pot represents her old life that she once was before she met Christ. And then after she met Jesus, she ran back into the city and she began to tell all the people, come see this man who's told me everything i ever done. Could this be the Messiah? And she was trying to draw as many people as she could to come to Christ. I mean, look at the, the group and the, and the lady that went in the city. The disciples went in the city. They had the same opportunity to call those people to come and meet Jesus, their rabbi, and to be able to figure out if this man may be sent of God. But all they did was get the food and come back. And then this woman, she goes in. She doesn't care about her water pot anymore. She leaves all the worldly things that she has behind so she can tell people about the eternal things. So she, she had this ministry of reconciliation. Who'd she go to? She went to the town to the people that she knew, the people that she lived with. And she was saying, he's told me everything. And she, she had that simple little message. Now, she didn't have the gospel like we do because the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ had not yet taken place. This was just Messiah. And as I said, these groups of people had waited for Messiah to come for thousands of years. They'd almost given up hope that Messiah was ever going to come. And yet she found him, and she believed that this was Messiah, and she brought everybody she could by giving the message. Just the simple question, could this be the Messiah? So she had the ministry of reconciliation, and she had the message of reconciliation. And she went out, and look at the results. She brought all these people to Christ. They begged him to stay, and even more believed on top of that. And what was the credentials this woman had? Had she walked with Jesus like the others? No, she'd had this one simple encounter, and that encounter changed her life. And what's interesting about this is when you look at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about the things that we can involve ourselves in, like we can... uh, be involved in things that are wood, hay, and stubble. They're going to be burned up in the fire in the last days. And I think the church is a lot like what the disciples are. They get involved in going into the city and, and getting food and trying to take care of physical things. When we, in, in churches, a lot of times, we have our pizza parties for our, our youth, and we have our potlucks for our adults, and we just get together and fellowship and enjoy one of those fellowship, but we miss and forget about the eternal things. And this woman forgot all about that, forgot about her wife. She focused on the eternal things, which Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, which is the gold and the silver and the precious metals. And that's the relationship with Christ that restores and reconciles us into we are a part of God's eternal family. She gave herself to what was important. And so I hope and pray that, This podcast today would challenge you about that if you believe that you're in Christ, you would take that next step to not just being thankful that you've met Christ, but you would take upon the responsibility that Jesus has given to us about being an ambassador, a representative of Jesus Christ, and being a representative of Jesus Christ, ready to make disciples through intentional relationships. It may be with family members. It may be with close friends. It may be with people that you share hobbies with. It may be just somebody you meet on the street. But be ready to be intentional about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. And if this podcast has in any way challenged you where you feel like you're going to become more useful to the kingdom of heaven, Uh, we would appreciate it if you'd take time to just write a review and let us know what it meant to you. And, And if you would, just do that. And we'll be coming back to you in another podcast shortly.